Thanks for coming with me through the tunnel. My name is Nemo Midvar, and I'm going to be talking with a distinguished group of coaches throughout the state of Virginia, guys that have really seen the game evolve over time, can really give us some great perspective on what it is going to take to recruit this state. You can come around from the western part of the state, middle in the Richmond area, all the way out to the 757, and you can feel the entire team that you need to go win a national championship. My guest today, Jonathan Watford, owner uh, of the Draft Pro Scouting Service, uh, has been a consultant for many years in that space, a personal friend of mine. He and I used to cover events together uh, many moons ago. Justin Dalton, coach at Virginia Episcopal Academy, also the 1500 coach at Team Loaded. He represents the western part of the state, uh, Lynchburg area, and uh, all the way out in certain rural areas that find some really good players. Um, Kate Lemke, winner of four out of the last six Virginia Independent State Championships. Um, he's seen it all as a uh, former player at UVA, a Division One assistant, has had a scouting service, and like I mentioned now, is the head coach at the Blue Ridge School. And Brandon Ward, a three-time state championship winner at John Marshall High School, also now coaches for Team Loaded, very responsible for bringing in a lot of their talent. Um, and speaking of talent, you want to make your talent better? Why don't you get yourself a Dr. Dish? Bring a Dr. Dish into your gym and really take your game to the next level. You want to find some ways that you can utilize Dr. Dish? Follow them on Twitter at Dr. Dish B-Ball. You're going to find videos, different drills, inspiration, tips. You want to find a better way to get a Dr. Dish in your gym? No problem. Contact them today. Mention this ad from Rising Coaches. Get $300 off your brand new machine. Got an old machine. You want to turn it in, upgrade. Doesn't matter what the brand is. They will accept it and they will upgrade you and give you a credit. Thanks so much for Dr. Dish making it possible for us to go through the tunnel and talk Virginia recruiting. All right, everybody, we've now gone through the tunnel. We're here in Virginia, Sands Nova. They're going to be in the DMV. They'll get their own time some other day. Today, we're talking about the rest of Virginia, um, the lion's share of the state, a uh, lot of real estate, a lot of great players that come out of the area. My esteemed panel, which represents all over the state, is here to talk to us about it. Uh, so let's get right to it, fellas. Um, there's a lot of unique parts of Virginia. Uh, if, if we could, I want to start with you, Cade, then Justin, and we'll just take it around the horn. Uh, let's talk about your part of the state and, you know, just describe it as a whole. The people, kind of what is it like, uh, just, you know, general generality speaking, and then um, the ballers in your in your part of town. Sure. So so I'm I would I would represent more of the greater Charlottesville, central Virginia area over into the Shenandoah Valley. Um, up and down kind of 81 kind of in the central, central part of the state. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, hidden gems in different, in different parts. You know, there's obviously the Shenandoah Valley, you know, you hear names like Ralph Stamson, um, you know, Del Curry, you know, some unbelievable players that came from, from that area, but there's, there have been a lot of, you know, players that people don't know about. You know, um, over over the years, um, you know, right now, you know, Justin Kyer, who is a grad transfer at Georgia, 
right now that played at Spotswood High School and then started his career at George Mason and is down is down there. You know, we've got you know other guys in the ACC, Amir Sims uh, from the Fluvanna area that played at the Blue Ridge School. You know, at at Clemson. Um, you know, there's there are a bunch of a bunch of like we got different types of different types of schools as well. You know, in the Charlottesville area, you have a handful of you know uh, traditional private schools. You know, the Miller School, uh, St. Anne's, Belfield, the Blue Ridge School. But then there are a bunch of you know public schools in and around you know the the Valley and the Charlottesville area that you know continue to be some of the better you know the better schools. So it's a, it's a unique, a unique area, one that I think gets overlooked a lot, you know, on the on the national scene from college coaches. But um, they can uh, they can ball, and I put I put some of these kids up against anybody for sure. Yeah, keyword I think overlooked, and and that's something that we want to kind of uncover, make sure that these guys don't get overlooked. Justin, uh, talk about your neck of the woods in Virginia. Yeah, well, you know the you know, south. You know, side is, is what you know a lot of people refer to it as. You know, the you know Lynchburg, you know Roanoke on south. You know, down you know like you know eighty one Withville area, uh, Martinsville, Danville. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of um, a lot of players out here. It's it's, it's people you know, just refer to it as you know it's kind of like the country part of Virginia. Uh, you know, there's a lot of small town type basketball where it's. Uh, you know, the towns will shut down for a good basketball game in a lot of cases. Um, you know, you get, you know, typically you'll have, you know, this is where this part of the state is where you'll have a lot of the, the higher scoring players will come through uh, or come from because uh, if for no other reason, because one player can be their entire team's offense, you know. So, you know, you have you have guys that, that are used to – you have schools that have guys that, you know, one guy scores 30 and everybody else is kind of like, you know, filling in their role, so to speak. Um, you, you know, obviously, you know, is, is, you know, Cade's well aware, like the, you know, Roanoke, the shooters, they come from the Roanoke area. You know, they're, they're guys that, uh, you know, traditionally, obviously, the, the, the Reddicks, he'd already mentioned, you know, obviously Curry from his area. But, uh, you know, the, the, if I'm not mistaken, the top two or three NCAA three-point shooters are from, you know, are from Roanoke, you know. Uh, was it Doug Day, I believe, out there, you know, is a tremendous shooter. Uh, you know, as far as the schools go, the public schools, you know, you know, there's a whole lot of, uh, of the football mentality, but the basketball players also have that football mentality. You know, there's a lot of tough kids, you know, from out here. Uh, the private schools, you know, as you, you know, obviously, you know, Lynchburg, you have, uh, we used to have a you know Holy Cross was a, was a good school back in the you know good basketball program back in the mid ninety or mid two thousands and then you had you know obviously a, a VES and then you go on south you go to you know Hargrave you know and then obviously the Hargrave postgrad teams you know one of the best in the country you know every year and then you you on out to southwestern Virginia you have the Oak Hills and whatnot so you know the the issue that we usually have is that, you know, when you talk about Virginia, is it the kids that, is it the kids that come from here or is it the kids that come to here to play? You know? Uh, so, you know, we have, a, we have, a, I think we have a great mix of it, of it all uh, just because, you know, we have had such, such high profile names that have, that have chosen to come here to play, you know, in, in the private scene. Um, but as far as the, 
you know the the public scene you'll have the you'll also have those guys like the the Mac McClungs or the uh, like you know, like Kate mentioned you know you know some of the public school guys up there but um, but yeah it's just a uh, it's really more you know, down here. It's very much like how you would watch like Hoosiers or whatnot. You know, it's, you know, you get you get a team they're gonna run the picket fence for a dude, and and he's gonna and he's gonna score thirty or forty. So that that's a great breakdown, and I want to kind of revisit some of those points that you made a little later on with kids that come into the state versus that are originally from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Watt, tell us a little bit about the the eastern side of the state over in the Tidewater, the 757, the Hampton. I mean, all of those are different nuanced areas. Uh, break that whole uh, part of the state down. Yeah, as you say, I have southeastern Portland, Portland, which is here, here towards the beach uh, borders. You beach in the state of North Carolina to the south. Um, it is, most people refer to it now um, as the 757 based upon the area code. But it's um, the old days, it was, it was tide water. But tide water is really the south side um, of the area. Everybody's familiar with the Chesapeake Bay, James River. But the south side of uh, tide water was consisted of five cities south of Chesapeake, North of Portsmouth, um, and Virginia Beach. The peninsula was across the bridge or through the tunnel. On the other side, we had Hampton, Newport News, Queensburg. Um, so, it may make sense today references as 757, but it is an area that's heavily dominated um, for many years, basically off of public schools. You know, public schools. It wasn't a lot of private. I mean, we had private schools, but most of the players all came through the public school sector, um, except for, you know, a few exceptions here and there. But one of the great dynamics that make up this area is a heavily military populated area with the Navy, the Air Force, and uh, uh, the Army being having major bases things in the area. They're always having people every three to five years coming in and out of the area, coming from you know many places. So it's always been one that has supplied the area in some kind of way with some exceptional talent um, mixed with a lot of the local uh, homebred towns and things that we need. In that 757 or in that area of those main five cities, there's a bunch of small counties that also make up, you know, some smaller schools, say less than 500 kids in the school, but probably each one of those schools have had some type of all-state caliber or level of uh, player to come through there throughout the year. So it's been a hotbed that has been able to supply athletes in all aspects, in all sports there, and what we now call, like I said, the 757, that is giving you all kinds of you know, big-time players. It's one of the most recognized portions of the state's best sports is that uh, the level, like I said, the high caliber, the Allen Irisons, J.R.B., the those type of guys that will come on. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really unique uh, and interesting distinction that you mentioned there. Just the fact that there's an influx of military families. Um, that's what's bringing a lot of talent along with what's naturally there. Uh, that's the type of information where I'm looking for when I want to get to know an area. Um, and I think that's a really good observation. Now, B. Ward, uh, you know, you're, you coach at John Marshall. Great program. 
uh, team loaded, great program. A lot of people from out of the area would say, oh, man, Richmond ball. That's great stuff right there. But, uh, you know, there's some some nuance and difference. Talk about Richmond, Petersburg, Danville. Talk about all those kind of, uh, you know, the differences between all that and the 804. Well, uh, one of the biggest things that, that must always be noted as much as they Petersburg and, and, and Richmond share the same area code, but they couldn't they couldn't be any more different. Um, they just it's it's, it's uh, Petersburg is more of a uh, that's their city, but the way that they are kind of built would be more of a country town because there's one high school, there's one middle school, there's one elementary school. Um, that is dominated by that majority of the entire Petersburg goes to this one place, you know, and, and, and those things you see more in country rural areas just based off spacing. Um, and, and, and a lot of times in those situations, it's a small school where Petersburg is still a pretty big city. Um, so, but imagine you have, you know what I mean, one particular area and you majority of those kids go there. Now there's an Appomattox regional that have uh, they've had some really good girls that have come through in the past. Some of the, some of their names escape me. Um, uh, Petersburg High School is rich is rich for tradition, uh, whether it be football, whether it be basketball. I mean, the great Moses Malone went there. Um, Frank Mason has gone there. Um, the Quentin Spain is a starting uh, offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans. He's he's uh, currently there. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's, it's a slew of other guys whose names are that, that I want to fail to mention. Um, I myself is personally in the Richmond area. Uh, one thing I can, I've always been able to identify with Richmond is Richmond is, is their full on tradition. I mean, like full on tradition uh, up into the point where some guys who were, had great careers are sitting in schools still hold grudges against their rival school as if they're still playing. You know what I mean? You're talking about a 40, 50-year-old man who talks about how much he doesn't like Thomas Jefferson, John Marshall, Armstrong, as if he just finished walking down the halls for his junior year and his son is graduating high school. You know, So one thing about Richmond is it's steep in tradition, rivalries, um, Really big on, you know, my parents went here, so I go here. My dad, my uncle played here, so I played here. I mean, we've had we've had some some great players that come here. Um, some as recent as Ed Davis, some as old as Milton Bell, some as old as Kendrick Warren. Um, it's, it's so many guys to to, to name. Um, and, and and it's in one of the biggest things about uh, you know Richmond is is diverse as well because uh, while Richmond is the city, we do have other parts like Henrico, uh, Chesterfield that they've had their fair share of really good talented basketball players that come out of this area. Um, Andrew White coming out of Chesterfield, um, uh, the, the, so, so many. To piggyback on on one point you made. There's a lot of pride in, in, in kind of the school you're at, the neighborhood you're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and conversely, guys understand the importance of winning a big game, mm-hmm. right? Do you agree yeah. with that? What, what are some of the other 
traits that that you find in ballers in in the different parts of Virginia. I'd like to maybe lay them out to see if we've got some commonalities. Because um, you guys mentioned earlier, great shooting in Roanoke, right? Um, what what are some of the the, the common traits? that we find, uh, Kate, I'll start with you, in, in some of the different parts of the state. You know, I, I think it, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty accurate, right? That when you think of, you know, shooters, you know, down in the Roanoke area, you know, uh, Justin talked about, you know, Doug Day, you know, Curtis Staples, um, you know, Andrew Rousey, who was from down, you know, down that, that area, Caleb Tanner, who I think, you know, is probably one of the top, if not the leading career scorer in the state of Virginia. He went on to play at Radford. So, you, you know, JJ Reddick, of course, so you've got a bunch of shooters, you know, down there, you know, I've, I've always thought that the, that the seven five, you know, has tremendous, you know, athletes, you know, the guys that really can get up and down, um, you know, a lot of smaller guards that have come out of there that have just been, you know, dynamite, you know, with the ball or dynamite on the defensive end. Um, you know, the Richmond 804 area, you know, I think I, I, I personally always look at them as having some really good teams, you know, uh, even, you know, the, you know, most recently, you know, John Marshall has had a great, a great team, you know, traditionally over the last 10, 15, 20 years, you know, Benedictine has had great, you know, great teams. You know, Highland Springs has had great, great teams. Um, you know, um, you know, the, so I, I think yeah. of, you know, Elsie Bird has had great teams. You know, so I think of great teams coming from, you know, coming from that, that area. I think where, where, you know, my part of the, of the state, you know, I think you've, you've had just solid, you know, all round players, I don't think there's, you know, there's been, you know, the big guys or the, you know, great shooters or what have you. I just think there, there have been some, we've been blessed with, you know, um, with guys coming into the area, especially on the private school side that have played at, you know, Miller and Blue Ridge and, and St. Anne's. Um, but there's also some homegrown guys, especially right now who are just all around, you know, players, you know, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about some of the younger guys, you know, later, but, you know, over in the Valley right now, you know, Tyler Nickel is known for just being a great all round yeah, player, right. And has a chance to be really, you know, really special, even in, in our area, um, you know, uh, Malik Brown here at Blue Ridge, but, you know, Justin Taylor at St. Anne's, you know, um, there's, these guys are just, you know, they're all round, you know, all round really good players. I think that says a lot about, you know, the coaching and the trainers and those that are in that area. Um, but no, there definitely are different pockets, yeah. you know, of, of talent. I agree with that, Kate. You know, I always think it's it's a testament to the coaching, the training, um, and the community when you have elite players that pop up in areas that don't have other elite players maybe around them uh, to push them and, and help, uh, you know, make them reach to their absolute potential. But that was a really great breakdown of the state. And to be honest, if I, if I come take a trip to Virginia and I go from – west to east or east to west and i could find a whole type of team put them all together and be really good um which has happened in the past right uh jay watt like that's you know traditionally if we go back down uh memory lane um you know obviously there's a there's a hall of fame caliber uh 
coach uh, in the name of Boo Williams, who's uh, on the 757 uh, area. And he he made a, a, a career off of qualifying for nationals and, and kind of getting right. some of the, the better players in the each in each neck of the woods. Talk a little bit about how that came about and, and how that's kind of still lingered within the state of Virginia. Yeah, like like you said, most people um in in the early days, back in the early in the eighties, early eighties, Boo Williams started what we call the Boo Williams Summer League. And um AAU and many call him the godfather of AAU, but the way things worked in the state, um up until give or take the last five, somewhere within the last 10 years, the, the Virginia High School League changed the format of how things work for us in our state as far as playing. We were broken down into three divisions, single A, double A, and triple A. And you had to win your region to go to state. Now you it's a lot of different elements that are involved into that now that – sends a team that could be a rival of yours in Richmond. You could go one place into this group and that group. In the old days, you had, if you were one of the strong teams in the central region, you had to beat out the better teams in that region to then go represent and play. So that was how things worked. But where the Blue Williams piece came in, we came, we were then introduced to AAU. Each team, you had your AAU teams, Roanoke, I remember Roanoke used to have the Roanoke Stars. Guys like J.J. Reddick, people know J.J. for playing with Boo, but J.J. didn't originally just come in and originally was on that team. You had to play, you played, if they did have an AAU team, you played in with the, the state AAU tournament. That was the big thing for everybody. There wasn't a big influx of shoe company travel leagues and things like that at the time. So what would happen is those teams would play and you qualify to go to nationals. So say Boo Williams beats uh, one of the strong teams in Richmond back in the day, which was a great team, Richmond Metro, the Richmond Squires and things of that nature. They might have Kendrick Warren, Milton Bell, those guys played on those teams, but then they would come and join Boo Williams' team and go down to nationals or go play and events and things of that nature. So that's how the Boo Powerhouse kind of came up because for a long time, players were coming from all over the state to end up being on that team. As AAU grew and things started to progress, um, new teams popped up, travel ball popped up. Um, Brandon's like with Team Loaded. Ty White did a great thing and started Petersburg Elite because like he said, there was things going on in Richmond, but it was hard for those kids sometimes in that Petersburg area, Hopewell, which always had great players, Matoka with Harold. Like those guys would have to go to Richmond and play on the team. He started a team, built that program with Petersburg Elite that then, you know, later became team loaded. But as things have now transferred, like I said, and, and come into more of the shoe company orientation you now have more teams. So you don't have those teams that you were, that were traditionally what made the state real strong, where, like you said, you might have two quick guards from the 7-5, the Hampton Roads area, then you go to Richmond and get two bigs. You got two great shooters coming out of the Valley or uh, coming out from the western part of the state, go down to Martinsville, Danville, grab a kid or two. 
And then you got a team that's going to compete nationally, battling against Riverside Hawks, battling against those teams nationally. And when they went in, people were like, okay, who are those little country people from Virginia? Not thinking that they could play basketball. And that's what kind of helped propel that whole myth and thing there with Boo Williams. That, that's a that's a really great breakdown. I think it's important to know the history of what got us to, to where we are within the, the uh, construct of basketball in, in your state. Um, and so now that's that's really led to, um, you know, on the scholastic side, you've got great private schools, great public schools. You got boarding schools. You got military schools. You've got a little bit of everything. Justin, I'm going to start with you then go to, to, to Brandon and Cade. Um, let's talk about all the different types of schools and kind of what, what are they bringing to the table? If I'm a recruiter, what should I know that I can find at these different types of institutions? Well, you know, I think just if you're just looking at it from, say, let's just start public to private, you know, um, you know, private schools, obviously, whether it's, you know, whether it's a boarding school or whether, whether it's a, just a day school or military, like, you know, you recruit. I mean, you, know, you, you want to bring in good players that, that fit, you know, your, your best fit for your school, you know, that, that, that players that's going to, you know, be a, 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 a good piece for your team. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not about level, you know, you know, for, for all of your players. I mean, you, you want guys that can, that can contribute. Then you want guys that are, that are studs that can do their thing as well. And then you take, you know, obviously public school, it's, it's, you kind of get what you're, you know, you know, you kind of get what you got, you know, like, so as a, as a public school coach, uh, you know, a public school coach, you know, they're going to, you know, they got to they got to figure out how to coach against different types of teams or players that come through public school systems. You know, their their the style of play changes based on just the class that they get. Like, you know, you might have a team one year it's all guards, and then here they they graduate, and then you got a team, you know, a couple of young bigs coming up, and then your your team shifts to a different type of you know, style. It's organic. Um, it's, it's yeah, exactly. very organic. Thing. Very organic. You know, private school. It's like you know, hey, look, we got to have this type of th- these types of players, and you know, it's it's much more like you know, kind of like college, to where you're you're targeting certain players. Um, you know, I always I always joke that like as a if you got a, if you're a stud guard, you know, and you're playing in a public school league, and you're and you're playing against double and triple teams all the time, well, then you're gonna be a better player. You play again if you're a big. And you play in a public school, you know, they play in a public school league. Well, then you're going to play against three, you know, guys just sagging the paint on you. And you're not going to develop as much because you're not going to get the touches. So, you know, bigs tend to do better in the private school scene, you know, and guards, it's, you know, it's 50 50, just depends on the guard, you know, like, uh, so the, the public, you know, the, the, the public school layout, you know, is obviously, you know, you know, Kay can, can attest. It's like, you know, you, you can't just be a you can't just be a basketball coach. You gotta do a lot of things as a coach in the in the private school, you know, in the private school area. Uh, so, you know, as a you know, guys, when you when you step onto a private school campus, you're talking about like players and coaches that are, you know, basketball is a part of what you do, but it's not everything that you do. You know, when you when you sure. take the public school, you know, the public school side of things, it's like, okay, well, you have a whole town behind you, you know? So it's, it's, it's pressure responsibilities that differ and they kind of make up the dynamic of what, of what type of players you got, you know? 
And then you talk yeah. about it. Go ahead. Go on, my bad. I was going to say, tell me this, Kate. Like, um, with with the the private schools and the boarding schools in the state, you've got your fair share of Virginians, and you get your influx from out of state, right? Well, how does that kind of dynamic uh, come about, and and why has Virginia been such a uh, attractive destination for um, out of staters to come to play their hoops? Right. I think I think on the private school side, I think you've got these three. You've got three different groups. You've got your, your public schools. You've got your your private schools, whether they're day or boarding. And then you've got your postgrad programs, right, in the state. Yeah. Between Massanutten, Hargrave, and Fork Union, you've got, right, postgrad programs with kids who are a year older, right? A year older physically, a year older mentally, maybe more ready for college basketball after that year. Maybe they were under-recruited, you know, somewhere else, and they went to do a postgrad year at Hargrave. So you have these older kids, right? Then the other private schools in Virginia, you know, we we are big on reclassification. So so a kid can come after his junior year of high school somewhere else and can reclass as a junior again and kind of get an additional year, right? Whether, you know, getting a year back because of an injury or some other uh, unfortunate circumstance, or maybe you're a big who's just slow, you know, getting, building that coordination, getting everything together. And so you get that extra year by reclassifying and that gives you, right, something else that's, that's there. So I think, you know, especially the boarding schools in Virginia, you know, you, you can attract, right, plenty of, of kids that want to reclass because around the country, unless you're going to a school up in New England, there aren't many other um, traditional private schools where you can reclass and get a year, get a year back, right throughout the country, and so not only do you open the door for kids to, you know, look at your school from different parts of the country, but now you look at on the international side when you have a boarding component, you don't have to worry about a host family, or you don't have to worry about, you know, where's this player going to live because you are a, you know, a mini college environment, right? So you have dorms, and now you can, you know, provide something for you know, international, you know, student athletes to chase a dream and maybe finally get coaching or maybe um, just learning how to play the game of, of basketball. I mean, we've, you know, we, we were able to have a, a young man here at Blue Ridge, Mamadi Diakite, who had only played a year and a half of basketball, organized basketball before he came to the States, right? So he comes to the States as a 15-year-old, having only played for a year and a half, but now is in a a boarding environment where you can, you know, you can focus not only on your grades, not only on, you know, your body and your nutrition, but you can focus on that sport that you love. So now you can get coaching, right? Uh, 24 seven. And I think that's a, a unique part of the private schools that we have, you know, in, uh, in the state. And I think it, it makes them college ready and it opens the eyes to college coaches out there. Absolutely. B, before I ask you more about public school, I want to follow up, Kate. Do do coaches know, uh, for the most part, that these guys are maybe been reclassed a year older, therefore probably more battle tested? Is that something that uh, is is widely known or, or maybe should be more known? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think I think coaches need to know that. I don't I do not think most of them know that. Right. I do not think that, you know, most of them know that these different programs, you've got a kid who is more ready to contribute from day one than other parts of the country or maybe other, you know, other schools, you know, and especially this day and age with the, 
with the, you know, the looming, you know, one-time transfer rule, you know, with grad transfers, you know, college coaches, a lot of times they're trying to stay old, right? Get old and stay old. And so they say, oh, we're going to take this. We don't want to be a high school kid. But you could come to the state of Virginia where not only the post-grad programs, but these other private school programs where you can now get a kid who is ready to contribute from day one. You know, so now you have that kid for four years instead of a one-year grad transfer or something else. So I think it's something that, that coaches need to understand better because I think there are opportunities here for sure. No doubt. I always want to get an older guy because I, I need to win right away. Um, B, B. Ward. Uh, hey, go Nina, ahead. Nina, can I add something Please to that do. real quick? That, um, because I think what um, Kay brings up a, a strong point about the coaches, because I think what's happening now is we're starting to trend a little bit that way towards private. Virginia traditionally has been a public school sector type thing where we were late to the game um, as a, you know, a, 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 in the overall picture, you always had a few kids here or there, but as a grand scheme, we were late to the game of transferring and reclassing. Most of the kids that came out of the state were just coming from public schools. Even when you go back, you're talking to Dale Curry's Ralph Saint, all that stuff. Like we, they, you had strong high school programs in the state of Virginia. So that's what coaches traditionally, and it benefits for programs like this to now introduce the coaches and let them know you need to come into the state and really start spending some time and not necessarily going off the old information that you have because things are now changing. Kids are starting to go and go into the Blue Ridges, go into the Millers and go into schools because for many years, it was just a public school and then you would go, you know, you would po- it would be a postgrad situation. And very rarely were the Virginia kids really going into that, especially from a basketball standpoint. But now you're starting to see the benefits and you're seeing, like Kate was saying, with guys like himself that are catching kids early. Um, I remember many times where if a kid did go to a private school, it was some kind of structure or situation that he needed some assistance, some help with that would then cause them to end up going there to try to get them on track. But typically they would just be in their high school. They would do their four years and then go off to some college. That was the way it worked. Now that is starting to trend. Like you said, it's starting to trend up towards that reclassification. Parents are starting to understand more what that benefit is to their kid in the long term, not just from an athletic standpoint. So I think that's something that coaches should really take heed to and really, like I said, plug into the state a little bit more for that. Justin, you got something to add? Yeah, like you know, I agree hundred percent. You know, the and just like, you know, when when kids are you know being recruited by college, you know, a lot of times the you know it's just as much about what the kid you know, the, the player wants in a college program. Well, so now you take, you know, a, a, a kid that's growing up in a public school situation, you know, eighth, ninth grade, whatever. And, you know, with just like the, that coach gets what he, you know, what he gets in a public school, a high school kid kind of gets what he gets in a public school. So, you know, a, a kid from, you know, a kid from out, you know, in the country, whatever he, you know, if he, if he doesn't, 
have a situation where he's going to get seen or if he doesn't have a situation that's maybe best suited for him. Now, he can choose. You know, he can't choose to go to a different public school, typically, like you can, but it's, that's a little bit more difficult, whereas he can choose to go to a, to a, get to a private school. And then the great thing, like you, you asked about the, the private school stuff with, with Virginia, is that just location. Like the the influx of players that come in here, you have you know Carolina, you know you have all the all the really good players in, in the Carolina area, even down to South Carolina to a degree. You have you know the great you know good players from West Virginia. You got the great players from like DMV, Maryland area. Like they're we're right in between. I mean it's ACC basketball country. Like we get we're surrounded by players that play basketball all the time, by players that see good basketball all the time, by players that grew up in basketball environments. You know. So, and that's into the north, that's to the west, and that's to the south, right? So, I mean, just where we are at, just where we are at, you know, and, and then you, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, they want to play against the, the best if they're not, if they're not seen. So, when you go down to the 757, you know, that you want to play against, you know, you know, guys that, you know, you traditionally played for Boo, you know, the, the best players. You go to Richmond now, you know, you're going to play against guys that you see, that have played for the Richmond schools and AAU for loaded or whoever it may be. And then you got guys that, that you got guys in the, whether it be Oak Hill or Hargrave, Blue Ridge or BES or whoever it is, like all those guys down here in the South or in the Western part of the state. So it's just in every area, whether it be who we play against, uh, whether it be just the area, just in general, you know, that's why it's easy. It's just an easy attraction to get kids, you know, like to, to the private school uh, and, you know, just throughout the state. That's good. That's another reason why they're they're college ready, right? Because of the sure. that competition that you're playing against. And and the top the, those top public schools, they're doing it as well. Right. They're they're, they're playing against the best private schools, the best public schools they could find. You know, and so I think there are more and more of these kids that are that are ready because they're not playing a traditional public school schedule. Or, or a, you know, private school schedule. We've all seen plenty of private schools that aren't, you know, aren't as competitive, but there are, there are teams and players that you could look at player number one through player number eight or nine on their roster, and they can all be playing at the next level, right? Whether it's, you know, high level D3 in the ODAC or D2 or different levels of D1, that you've got kids that are, you know, battle tested and ready. And I think this leads to what you were saying early when you was asking about the history. And we were saying how traditionally in our state, everything, if you were really good, your way to be seen by college coaches was hopefully to get to Boo Williams' team and play AAU. Well, it's only going to be one or two guys, say, coming from the Valley, one or two guys coming from the southwestern part of the state that'll get a chance to play. These private school situations have now grown that it gives them more avenues where it's only that one, the two guys that could get on that travel team for that exposure. Now here's opportunity through these schools and the, the multiple schools and locations that are there that more kids can get out and benefit from that. So it's been it's, it's been a slow thing we might have been a little bit late to the party but it's really benefiting now because you're seeing a lot of kids take advantage of that and not have to suffer from being that good guy on the team with jj reddick but you didn't you couldn't make the blue team yeah now you can go over here to blue ridge and get the same thing you would have got playing you know through aau and now you can do it for two or three years 
So, so to that same point, and, and I think we did a really good job of depicting from, from one side or the other to the state what the, the scholastic scene looks like, there's going to be a lot of guys that get overlooked, right? Because, because you have that. Like if the, if the state tournament only takes the best team from the state tournament, well, if I didn't come to the state tournament and the second or third place team maybe had a really good player, um, but the rest of his supporting cast wasn't up to snuff, then we might not find out about that guy. So if I'm a lower level school, um, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, even low D1, if I need to sneak in and 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 steal a guy, uh, how how would you suggest we do that, Brandon? I'll start with you. Like I want to I want to come and get that steal that everybody don't know about. Where where, where should I start? Uh, I I think you start I think you start in Richmond. Um, because the, the because of the vast majority of uh of the talent that's all over the place. I mean, there's a lot of hidden gems. Um one of the you know, one of the biggest hidden gems for the state, I think, has just been the southwest part of the state. Uh if you just look at look at what Gate City's been able to do, um, I think Gate City can fit their whole town inside this high school gymnasium. You know what I mean? Um and, and that right there is, is 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 great. You know, you can imagine the whole town can come to one game, where if you're in the city of Richmond, uh, the whole the whole city is not going to be able to get inside of John Marshall. It's going to be it's going to be packed. It's going to be it's going to be full. Um, you come to the city because that's where a lot of the talent is. Uh, consistently, and majority of the time, a lot of those talented teams. Uh, in the private school setting are at, at this stage in the game and, and, and the city of Richmond are kind of hit or miss. Um, I think it just depends on the year and I think it just depends on uh, how things are flowing because uh, just in the last five years, um, you've had a lot of talent come through Trinity, Trinity High School, a lot of talent. Um, but the years previous before that talent got there, there wasn't as much talent there as it was at St. Chris or that it was at Christ Church, or uh, Benedictine had a great run. Benedictine had a had a great run. Um, they had Michael Benajay, they had Vernon Hamilton. Um, Shout out to Benajay. I got a chance to coach Benajay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, but and it was crazy even for Benajay. Just speaking to that last point, you talking about guys going to private schools. Benajay was a kid who was at Thomasdale, which is a, a traditional bass. I mean, football school. Um, but he takes the transfer to Benedictine and now he's playing on that national level with national te- level type of talent. And now he really puts himself in a position to be an NBA basketball player, a, a professional basketball player. Um, and, 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 and there's so many different things that happen that cause these different things. Uh, some high, some public schools uh, just don't have the vision, don't have the the resources, don't have the, the, the wherewithal to understand exactly what you have walking through your schools. Um, no doubt. Let me, let me add to that. Let me add to that, B. I coached a young man named Eric Green from Winchester. Mm-hmm. had zero offers. We mm-hmm. couldn't get anybody to offer him. He was the nation's leading scorer at Virginia Tech, drafted by the Nuggets, playing yes. right now in Turkey. Like, he's doing his thing. So um, there, there are guys that can play at the absolute highest level, but some of it is – is vision, wherewithal, and just knowing how to find them. Uh, Kay, Jonathan, I, I see you guys have uh, got no, some. That's, that's what I was – I thought you was going to – I was going to say, no, you don't get the uh, – you don't get to share the uh, true 
situation with Vinny J on this phone. So uh, that stays off. Um, but secondly, just imagine this. Michael Benajay and uh, Andrew White were both at Thomas Dale. Exactly. At the same time. Yes. Now, just understand that situation. But when you, the question you asked or that you brought up was talking about where you go. And I think Brandon Cave and Justin Owen, personally, I would say for a coach, but again, we know it because we're here. You don't have to go into the city. Like people say, well, I'm going to go into the 757 and find a kid. But if you come into the 757 and find a kid, the best place to look is the counties. Go to New Kent. Go to Smithy. If you're coming, don't go to the city of Richmond looking for a kid. Go to Fluvanna. Go to Carolina. Like, go to those towns. Go to those single-A, double-A schools. It's killers. Killers in there every year. But, like, uh, I think Kay mentioned Amir earlier if amir wouldn't have come to blue bridge and stayed at fluvanna they've had great programs over the years there but nobody's like you said it's one player nobody's really gonna go in and say well i'm gonna take my recruiting time to go on the road looking the kid and i'm gonna go to a school with 300 people in there to watch this one kid but it's fluvanna could turn around and play uh, Buckingham or Goochland, and you got two studs going head to head right there. I mean, not, not to cut you off, Jay, but I, I, I think what BJ Stiff did in Brunswick yes. changed the entire outlook of what you think of a small ball school. I mean, that 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 entire run they had was just phenomenal, and they had just as much talent as anybody anywhere across the state. But they were in literally they were in Lawrenceville, Virginia, um, very small population. Um, and there's been a slew of guys. Uh, I, I, his last name escapes me, but Justin, Justin, that was at Louisa. Him and uh, Dez Stark yeah, was at was at Louisa at the same time. Yeah, all um, of those guys. Th- th- those guys, they left and, and they came up to Richmond or whatever have you. Um, and even even up to latest, uh, Sadar Calhoun, who was in the Tappahannock area, and then he goes to Blue Ridge. You know what I mean? Imagine if someone finds him before he goes to Blue Ridge, you know what I mean? Or kind of just jumps on these different things uh, before these kids make their certain moves. Well, that, that, that takes a, a college coach to watch one of those kids in that setting and have the confidence of saying, this kid's good enough for yeah, me, right? It's much easier when Eric Green is at, you know, Paul the Sixth He's playing other other kids. Now you can say, okay, this kid is really, really good. You know, when I was doing my scouting service and even, you know, um, running the AU program and doing those things, there were three or four events that I thought were crucial to to go to that were well, you know, well worth your time and your energy and your money. One, One was the the state semifinals on the private school side, the VISAA. You know, um, it used to, right, it's been in Virginia State for, for years. Now it's in their new uh, convocation center. It was in their varsity gym before. But on semifinal day, right, you have 12 teams playing, you know, over those three three divisions that you could sit in that gym and see all sorts of players, right, that, that were well, highest of Division One, all the way down to, right, non-qualifiers that, that are going to go the JUCO route. Like and everywhere in between, you know, is, is unbelievable. The second one would be the way that the VHSL state tournament used to be structured 
you know, at the Siegel Center where you could sit there and you could watch over two or three days. You could watch semifinals and finals of some of the best public school players right around the state. But the two other events that I saw more talent at were the regional semis and the regional finals in the 804 and the regional semis and the regional finals down in the 757. Churchland High School, man. man Best thing ever happened. No, because there were some unbelievable players and games, you know, in those in those settings. And if I'm a college coach, now obviously I understand it's right during crunch time of their seasons as well. But you know, there's there is so much talent in these in these gyms that if you can get there, right, it's it's worth it for sure. And I think if you can't get there, you you get some eyes and ears down there to to see it for you, right? That that's that's the key. Like in and not only that, um, we we as college coaches have to do a better job of paying attention to the information that gets sent to us. Like Kate, I, I would get your emails and and click and be like, damn, this kid's pretty damn good. And you're looking at him in, in the spring, you're like, how the hell is this kid still available? Six eleven can shoot, can pass, can dribble. And then he gets, you know, somebody wakes up and takes him. Um, there's a lot of schools that if they if they really were just trust in their eyes, trust in their contacts, um, they, that they will guide them. And I think obviously I've got a relationship with all you guys, and you guys have all told me about players, and they've all been spot on. And hell, you can we can go back to when Jay, you and I were at uh, Southern Invitational watching 15 and under kids, and there's probably six or seven NBA players playing 15 and under from that one tournament. We're just looking at you know, Barber. Yeah, 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 pretty good. Cat Barber, shout out to you. Came to NC State. Appreciate that. That was a really good time to go down to the Southern Invitational. So you know, all all those kind of play hand in hand, and you know that's why I think. Um, you know, recruiting Virginia, it's a unique recruitment because there's a lot that goes into it. It's a diverse uh, geogra- geographical situation. Um, but if you if you get a good feel for it, you're going to be able to field an entire team out of that state with all different types of, of hoopers. Um, but we're re- nearing the end of our time, guys, and I think we've given a really good education to to everybody that's listening. But the last part here, the fast break, you see my, for those viewers watching online, the high technological streamer down here. I really <laughs> love that. Uh, I'm going to make sure I mention that every single episode. Also, shout out to KJ Kenny who made the background so dope. Uh, good job, KJ, with that. All right, so here we go. The rules are simple. I'm going to ask a question. We're going to go around the room. I'll call on somebody else to start. you got to give a different answer than everyone else, and then uh, we'll wrap it up from there. Uh, best player to ever come from the 757. We're going to start with Coach Cade. Sorry, Jay, I saw you unmute. We're not going No, to I had to unmute. So I can hear. No, you're going to go last, though. Coach Cade, <laughs> you're first. That's easy. Allen Iverson. Okay, Je- Justin Dalton. Best player ever, seven seven. Best player seven. Morning, Alonzo Morning, pretty good. Hall of Famer, award. Best player, best player, best player. Gosh, you guys took two good answers. That's all I can say. Um, hmm. Three, two, one. I say Stephon Welsh. I'm gonna say Stephon Welsh. Pretty good player, Arkansas Razorback. There you go. Uh, Jay White, what you got? J.R. Reed. Mm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Mm. Best player to come from the 804. Justin Dalton, I'm starting with you. B. Ward, you're going last. Mm. Moses. 
One more time. Moses. Ah, you get that. That's pretty pretty I, good answer. Hard to argue with that. Justin Walker, who you got? Me? Yeah, I'm you. Bobby Dandridge. Ooh. Okay, Ooh. okay. Cade, what you got, Cade? We'll, we'll go with Ed Davis. Ed Davis. Mm-hmm. By the way, Ed Davis, 40 points uh, hung on my Paul the Six Panthers. Uh uh, Ed Davis, I hope to never see you in the gym again. You 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 ruined my my dreams of winning a state championship. B Ward, who you got? Uh, they took some great names. Uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna stick with the home team, Frank Mason. Hey man, can't go wrong with Frank Mason. Great. Tough as nails. All right, uh, B Ward, I'm gonna stick with you on this one. Best assistant coach uh, that recruits the state of Virginia. College. College. That's correct. The best assistant coach that recruits the state of Virginia. Who does it the Ooh. best? I, 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 is, did he? Does he have to be an assistant? Because he's not an assistant anymore. No, he could be a head coach. I, I, should, I, I, I would say, I would say Mike Rhodes, and I say Mike Rhodes because of he spent right. a lot of time in various parts of the state of Virginia. Um, at this current moment, if there is if there is one assistant coach, I would say it would be JD Byers, just because the same thing for Mike, like. He's, these guys spend a lot of times in different parts of the state at different levels of the collegiate level as well. Shout out to both of them. By the way, in our Houston episode, we got Mike Rhodes as well. So Mike Rhodes is well-respected and all Damn. over the place. Kay, who you got, man? Who does a good job of recruiting the state? I would say Cody Kimball down at UNC Charlotte. Mm, that's a good, good one. Job. That's a good Shout one. out to Cody down with the 49ers. Justin Dalton, who you got? Uh, I, I'm going to go out of state for a bit. It's like just kind of like K did. I'm going to uh, Darius Nichols down in Florida. Yeah. Go Gators. Good job, Darius. Jonathan Watford, who you got? I'm going with a Virginia guy, too, but I'm going out of state. Steve Robbins. Ah, good name. Ah. Good name. Good name. He's done good. College, He's done well. What team? Okay, now tell me about a team that does really well recruiting the state. Justin Dalton, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, the best the team that, coach, that that goes after the most guys in the state, I think, is I mean, it's Radford. I think Mike Mike's done a great job down there. Just, I mean, he gets he gets guys that other people sleep on. I think, uh, and he's done a good job with that. That's how you build a program, Jonathan Watford. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna go kind of numbers wise. I'll say Carolina, just because traditionally, if you look back at the players and the success that they had. Um, it's a lot of Virginia players that are in those books at Carolina. There, there sure are. There sure are. Cade, what do you got? I'd say VCU. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's done a good job. VCU's done a good job. And B Ward, who you got? I'm going to, I mean, these guys are taking my answers. I have to, I thought I took down my uh, cheat sheet. Uh, somehow they can still see it. Oh, man. Oh man! Oh man! I'm not letting you oh, off the man. hook. I need an answer. Five. Yeah, you're gonna get one. You're gonna get one. You're gonna get Four. one. You're gonna get one. The best program I would say that recruits the state outside of what's left, I would say the University of Richmond. Um, they've done a really good job yeah. of, of getting some really good Richmond guys um, that are in the backyard. Yep. And and that's very very important. All right. Uh, last man, you know what? Before, I, before I cut that off, you know who I forgot to say. Um, you forget? I think Duke has done a great job of recruiting the Virginia area as well. They really, I mean, of course, they've hit big in the Northern Virginia area, but they've done really well as well. And I was thinking Maryland. 
It's yeah. when, when it came back around. Maryland has done a job, great job year in and year out, just coming in here, getting stuff. The, the, we we have exhausted our shout outs. Uh, we, we, this was, it was supposed to be limited. I mean, we can't give everybody a damn shout out, okay? It was supposed to be it's not a, a participation trophy. Last question. I'll start with you, Cade. We'll go all the way around. Is Virginia a football state or a basketball state? Basketball state. There might be some football regions within within the state, but it's a basketball state. Justin Dolan, what do you think? It's 100% a basketball state with a football mentality. We have tough basketball players. Mm, great answer. Brandon Ward, what do you think? I say uh, Virginia is a basketball state. Uh, the, Virgin- the, the, the football dominance comes from the 757 area. Um, but for a large whole, uh, Virginia is a basketball state. That, that's a great distinction. Jonathan Watford. And I I follow with that, supporting what Brandon said in the sense that because I am in this area from this area, I say it's a football state, mainly because most of those star athletes that are football players from the state actually were all region or all state basketball players. So a lot of those big time athletes that are going on in state to some of the big state schools and just nationally playing uh, football in other places. Those guys played high-level AAU or at least made all-region and played all-state. They were pretty good basketball players back here in the States, too. Big time. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, coming through the tunnel, letting the fans, letting the different recruiting uh, pockets know about Virginia hoops. Um, This has been really insightful, great conversation. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to uh, this podcast through the tunnel. Uh, and then make sure you check out all the other action on rising coaches. Thank you to Dr. Dish for being our sponsor. And thank you to our guests. If you guys want to continue the conversation, tweet us, uh, mention us, and we will keep the conversation live. If you want to get in touch with any of these guys, just send us a tweet. We'll make sure we do that. This is all about connecting rising coaches with all the different recruiting areas around the country. We are out of here.